Peter LaRose started collecting toys and prototypes before most of us. In fact, he and another notable collector, Ron Salvatore, used to set up at shows together when they were in their teens. I met Pete at a toy show almost a decade ago, when I got back into collecting. He and I would hang out at each show and would talk about toys and life, and it was always enjoyable. Pete has an extensive knowledge about so many different lines, and he always seems to offer pieces that nobody else had. At each show, many collectors would seek out his table in hopes that whatever waited for them in those cases would be worth the trip. And Pete seemingly has an unending supply of toys. I remember going to his house during an international collector's event and watching my fellow collector's jaws drop as they walked around his basement, speechless at what they saw, and excited at the chance to purchase pieces for their collections. Pete's always had a knack for discovering new finds. Vintage and modern, production and pre-production, Star Wars and everything else. During his decades buying and selling toys, Pete has had some incredible pickups. It really comes from a perfect blend of personal effort, good detective work, a pinch of being in the right place at the right time, and from my perspective, a flow of blessings that reads like a constant gift of encouragement. Last week, Pete called me to see if I could lend a hand. He was about to buy two storage units full of toys from a seller and needed help unloading them. This is an account of that epic day in August, as Pete and I worked almost six hours to fill a U-Haul with enough toys to run a toy store. This is a conversation recapping it a few days later during the Columbus Toy Show weekend, complete with a once-in-a-lifetime Kenner Star Wars prototype find happening earlier that morning on the way to the show. This is one of those unforgettable collecting moments spent in the company of a dear friend. This is one for the record books. This is Amazing Finds with Peter LaRose. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Last Wednesday, Pete and I met at a storage facility in Rahway, New Jersey, to clean out two storage units. Pete had made a deal with a woman looking to sell them, and met her a few days before to survey the contents of each 10 by 10 unit. The seller collected toys and basically had accumulated too many to sell individually over time. And Pete, owner of Toys and Tunes, and a vendor at many toy shows across the country, came to an agreement to buy both storage lots. 
The seller showed Pete the first unit, and while pretty much everything in it was either carefully packed in a storage box or in its original shipping container, Pete came away with a general idea of the types of items he would be purchasing. The boxes consisted of items from the previous decade and spanned major lines like Star Wars, the vast offerings from comic stalwarts Marvel and DC, pieces from McFarlane Toys and other notable designers, and exclusives from conventions like San Diego Comic-Con. And all of the items were still sealed in their boxes or packages and were case-fresh. The seller then opened the second unit, which was overflowing with similar items. But this one was packed so tightly that almost every inch of the unit was filled. In fact, it was hard to get the door to the unit opened because the boxes and loose items were literally pressed up against it. And that day, Pete did not have the chance to explore the contents of the second lot, but he really didn't need to do so. He saw enough value in the first to justify the purchase price, and although he was taking a risk by buying both units for a substantial amount of money, He felt good about the deal. Pete and the seller arranged a date in which he would return to the facility to pick up the contents of both units. And this was really a job for more than one person, so he called me up and asked if I would help. And as I mentioned earlier, I was happy to do so. Over the years, Pete has helped me in so many ways, whether it was to introduce me to some of his friends and to include me in some of the collector meetups and events before I was really part of the community or just in being an example of how to be a friend to others. And I've witnessed many times in which Pete had been there for so many of our friends that I try to be there for him when he needs help, to pay back some of the kindness he's shown to me during the course of our friendship. Pete is amazing when it comes to toy and collectible finds. He has uncovered some of the greatest and most historic pieces throughout the decades since he began collecting. And as a collector, he has always valued putting pieces in the hands of others who truly care about them. For him, a lot of times, it's about finding the perfect home, and I think it brings him joy to know that he was able to help a fellow collector. And on a Wednesday in August, what was likely the hottest day of the year, Pete and I met up at a storage facility to load everything he purchased into a 20-foot U-Haul truck. The night before, I asked Pete how long he thought it would take to empty both units. He said he wasn't sure about the second one, but figured we could do the entire thing in about two to three hours. He was completely wrong. Neither of us truly had any idea what was in store for us that following day. Join me as I travel to Rahway, and let's take a look at that treasure trove of a storage unit find. And along the way, you'll get to know Pete a little better. How he started collecting, some of his early finds, and why he still hunts for toys after all these years. And the conversation didn't end at the storage facility. A few days later, Pete and I headed out to Columbus, Ohio for the Columbus Toy Show, produced by CTS Productions. In addition to revisiting the storage find after dinner the Saturday night of setup, Pete shared another amazing find with me. This one took place earlier that morning at an iconic antique mall in the heart of Kenner Country as he was passing through Cincinnati, Ohio. Only Pete could find a vintage prototype on his way to a toy show. But first, let's explore one of the biggest toy finds, 
with Pete LaRose. So, Pete, tell me what we're actually looking at right now, because this is pretty incredible. Uh, a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> so I had the opportunity um, to take a look at a collection that has been in storage for a while. And uh, there's actually two storage units, two 10 by 10 units, that are jam-packed with modern toys um, in the last 10, 12 years, I'd say. And uh, I made an offer, and I was able to buy it. So we are currently unloading everything on the hottest day of the year <laughs> into a U-Haul, 20-foot U-Haul truck outside that I now have to drive back upstate New York. So would you say there are more than 20 pieces here? <laughs> 20, yeah, way more. Um, I'd say conservative. In this, in this one alone? In this one unit, mm -hmm. five to 10,000 pieces. I'd say. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say you're right. And, and these are not, there's nothing that we've seen that's junk so far. We've been seeing Black Series Star Wars stuff, Vintage Collection, 12-inch uh, Marvel Legends, every sort of... He-Man Classics. He-Man Classics. G.I. Joe. Uh, the best part about this whole thing is the other 10x10 10 10 unit, I haven't even looked in yet. I literally opened the gate. Uh, it was stuff falling onto the gate, stacked to the ceiling. And I just, I said, you know what? I'm like... Here's my offer and everything. I'm not even so that who knows what's in that one. Yeah. That's gonna be fun later today when we go to look through because yeah. it's almost like Christmas. It can either be a huge win or a huge flop, but <laughs> uh, I think it's a huge win. Well, this to give people an idea right now, so this stuff it's box after box and it's stacked pretty much you know, almost to the, the ceiling of, of um, the storage unit itself. Uh, so what do we just pull from here? We're kind of stuck. I, Doomsday. Signature collection, Doomsday. Signature collection. Uh, which is the Superman series. Uh, some Arkham Knight Batman stuff. 2014 uh, Mattel. The Dark Knight Returns Batman. Wow, these things are incredible. I have no idea what's even worth. But, but it's just a matter of... And what's the condition of these? Oh, it's all brand new in boxes. It was definitely a collector. Here's, here's some oh. Star Wars... Black series, the blue boxes. Twenty, yeah, twenty fourteen, fifteen. Let's see what we're looking at really fast. They're so, all sand troopers. Yeah. Oh, sand troopers and, and a, a Chewie. So all. So we're looking at about eight, seven sand troopers and, and one Chewbacca, just from one little tiny box in black series. All sealed, perfect condition. So we just piled a bunch of boxes onto one of our carts, and one contains something like fourteen to sixteen six-inch black series sand troopers which is an amazing sight to see in a box, maybe more. And then uh, another box contained an entire collection of the three and three quarter inch uh, Black Series figures from 2013, 2014. So you're looking at things like uh, Darth Plagueis, which is uh, the rarest one. Um, there might've even been some of the, the blue line ones like, um, like a Darth Malgus as well too, but uh, I mean, stacks of them, probably something like 30 or 40 just in one box. So Pete, how are you doing so far? I'm sweaty. We are literally dripping with sweat, trying not to get any sweat on the on the toys themselves and just pulling out boxes. So we still have 
30 containers, maybe more, 40 containers, uh, just for this one storage unit alone. So. How did you get started collecting? Uh, in middle school, I used to uh, do baseball cards. Uh, I would uh, set up a baseball card shows on Friday nights with one of the teachers in the school. Uh, my mom taught in the district, and she, uh, she, she started out when she first started teaching. This teacher and her started at the same time, so they were, they were like good friends. And then from there, I just started doing baseball card shows, and I got to the point in 92, 93, when there was just way too many inserts and cards. I switched it up to, I went to the attic and found all my old Star Wars toys, and I was like, all right, I can make some money on these. So I started selling my old toys, and then I kind of got into the old toys more, and uh, the rest is history. I spent high school years buying and selling toys um, all over the world, eBay since 96, early 97. Wow. So uh, just, uh, yeah, just been always in there and just making a lot of contacts and going from there. What was... What was the first piece that you got that was the transition piece from you playing with toys to actually collecting them? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, first memorable purchase or consistent purchase, and it seems like nothing at the time, but another fellow longtime collector will remember. There was a local flea market um, called the Maybrook Flea Market here in New York, and uh, every Sunday I go to this flea market. And this one old old guy and his wife would come every week, and they would bring carded uh, Star Wars Lumat. Um, it was Power of the Force carded figure. Most of the time, they looked case fresh. Every week, he'd have generally two, sometimes one. He'd have them under the front passenger seat of his car. Uh, would never bring more than two, um, but consistently for three, four, five years, would always bring a carded, two carded figures for each one. They started out at 15. They went up to 25 over the years. Um, I would go, I'd get out of, that would, that would be the driving factor to get me out of bed Sunday morning to get to the flea market. It's just, I knew I could, I could easily flip those at the time for $75 a figure. So for me, it was like, okay, I have a guaranteed 50 bucks profit if I can get, get there in time and he has them. So I would just, I'd really get there. First thing in the morning to try to buy what he had. Uh, I'd always made, make, you know, offers, bring a couple, bring a couple, what other characters? It was always the same character. So that's the one memorable thing as far as one item. And it's funny. I bought a collection a few years ago at a local auction. Uh, a lady had passed away. It was her estate. And I remember her from the old toy shows back in the 90s. And uh, I was going through the boxes literally a week ago as I was moving to my new house. And I opened one of the boxes, and there's a carded Power of the Force Lumat in there. Case fresh. I know where she got it from because I know she. I always see her at the flea market, so I know where she got it from. Uh, I actually texted uh, Ron Salvatore. And I said, this will be the only Star Wars figure in my collection, but I have to keep it just for the memory of Power of the Force Luna being at Maybrook. And, and how many would you say you purchased from that one gentleman? Over 100. My gosh. Uh, most of them, I, I would sell them right to Brian Semley. Uh, when Brian's toys was big in the hobby, um, I would just ship them right to him because he was paying more than anybody else. And it was every week, I'd just call him up and I'm sending you two more. Okay, no problem. All right, no problem. So, but uh, yeah, at least 100, maybe more. Who knows? So, what was a really good early find for you? Early find today? No, no, just in, like early find when you started. Back in high school, um, I was a senior. I uh, my first big purchase 
was a $15,000 collection from the UK of carded He-Man figures. Uh, a collector at the time, a fellow collector at the time who's like a brother now, um, we split it up. Uh, I think we were each into it for 10 grand or so. Uh, it was tons of carded He-Man figures. We paid on average of like $7 a piece. Uh, Hordak, Stingor, Mossman, Antenna, Grizzlo, that, all that series. There was two DHL trucks that uh, pulled up to my parents' house one day. Actually, I had to skip school to uh, accept the shipment. But, uh, everything was all the original Mattel cases, all U.S. cards. Um, that was like one of my first big purchases. There's a lot of little ones here and there. I mean, there's so many things over the years. Um, Star Wars early bird, early bird display at a local antique center, which I actually passed on it the first time, um, to the point where I got home, I was looking through my books, and I actually think I called uh, Ron Salvatore, and I uh, I asked him about it, and uh, so I wasn't positive what it was either. And it turned out, yeah, it was the header for the uh, early bird display um, that was included in a, uh, a loose early bird um, stand um, with the envelope and all which was overpriced for what the guy wanted. At the time, it was like 300 bucks, and it was like right there for the first 12 figures, early bird envelope and all. Wow. It was 300 bucks, and it was kind of like, who the hell would pay that? That's like <laughs> top of the line. Not that it included the store display, which I then, I think at some point, uh, Chris G got that display header from me. Uh, I don't know where it is now. It probably was pin, uh, paired with a BIM something, but that was a cool find. So we just finished with storage box, uh, storage container number one. What'd you think of it after going through the entire thing? Oh, uh, that's a lot of stuff. How long, how long did it take us to do this? Uh, it's two o'clock now. We started at roughly noon, okay. so two hours, which means I'm never getting my U-Haul back by the time I need to. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just a, another business expense for another day. Okay. Fun, fun. So it's almost three o'clock. We are about to dig into the second storage unit, and as the woman who was with us just said, uh, to quote Jaws, I, I think we're going to need a bigger boat because she brought with her another U-Haul uh, that is probably a third of the way full already with stuff. Um, it, it's, it's shocking how much stuff is there. So Pete's downstairs with her now. I'm finalizing one of the boxes, but the boxes here go at least 12 feet in the air. And I mean, they're just, they're huge Home Depot boxes. Um, we have some Black Series uh, lightsabers in here as well. Um, stuff from every single line that you could think of from the last 20 years. I've never seen this much stuff before. Um, when you talk about amazing finds, this is really it. Um, I, I don't even know how we're going to get some of these boxes down because they're, they're packed so high up. Uh, they they really you know some of them are almost brushing the um, the ceiling. Wow. Okay. We have a lot of work to do. <laughs> it's almost four o'clock, and I am in the back of the second storage unit, and we haven't even made a dent. There is so much stuff. Pete and I have decided that we are not going to be able to fit everything into the U-Haul. And he rented a, a pretty large one. Um, he's going to basically take this stuff back to his house, which is a pretty far drive. 
unload the entire U-Haul, and then I guess uh, bring it back either tonight or tomorrow, come back to the storage unit. I never thought I'd say this, but I don't think I ever want to see another toy in my life again. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much stuff. Like I'm, I'm standing in front of six boxes that extend about 14 feet. So I just, and, and that's just one, one section. And it just, it, it goes back another two or three rows. We've been clearing out as much stuff as we possibly can. But I've just, I've never seen this much. It, it, this is literally a toy store. Um, you know, if Pete wanted to at this point, he could open up an entire toy store of toys from the last 20 years and have enough stuff to fully stock the place in one shot with just this. I've never seen so much Marvel Legends, Avengers stuff, things from movies like Alien and Halloween, Gremlins. Transformers, Deadpool, um, some really cool uh, Black Series lightsabers. So you have the, the Luke Jedi, the Kylo Ren, which is massive, uh, the Yoda one, which is a tough one to find, um, the Luke Skywalker from the original Star Wars, one from Return of the Jedi, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan. It's just, it's, it's more stuff than I've ever seen. Um, we've gone through like three or four bottles of, of water each. <laughs> and Gatorade. Uh, the person who who, um, who owns the storage unit, she was nice enough to bring us uh, some water and some chips and Gatorade, which was great. Um, so we're probably going to be here a while longer, but I, I think Pete is going to have to do two trips because there's there's just no way you couldn't you couldn't fit this in an airplane. <laughs> uh, all right, here here we go. So we are officially finished. It is almost 5.30. Uh, we have managed to get everything except for uh, essentially an SUV load of stuff. Uh, Pete, what are your thoughts now? My PG thoughts or my... Uh, your PG thoughts. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just exhausted. I'm sweaty. I'm wet everywhere. Um, yeah. We literally look like we went to a water park. <laughs> yeah. Yep, two creepy guys soaking wet together from <laughs> spending the day together. It's great. It's great. Uh, uh, but we but, managed to get almost everything in. I mean, there's... Yes. You know, Without your help, it would have been uh, we don't need We don't need a U-Haul, which is good news. Uh, no, no. I don't think we do. I think I can get everything back out. Uh, was, so truck. the woman showed up with an extra U-Haul full of stuff that yeah, we loaded in. Was that a good surprise or a bad surprise for you? Uh, I mean, it's always good, but I would have uh, I would have been perfectly fine if she didn't bring the extra stuff. And now I have to figure out a price on that. But I, no, so it's causing me a second trip now, which I was trying to avoid by having to take a second trip. So it is what it is. You can't look look a gift horse in the mouth, I guess. But uh, it's just. Out of everything that you've seen today, what are some of the ones that really stick out in your mind? Honestly, I, 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 <laughs> I don't even know. You never want to see a toy again. I never again. want to see a toy again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, there's way too many pops, um, and I hate pops. So I'm just going to probably wholesale those out. So um, if you collect pops, please contact Peter yeah. LaRose. I, uh, I'm hoping to get at least half, if not maybe more, back by just wholesaling the pops out mm -hmm. and then keeping all the other stuff. And my costs 
bases at that point will be killer. Amazing. All right. Well, we're going to move this stuff out and end for the day. August 29th, it's a few days after the amazing uh, storage unit <laughs> transplant that we did, where we cleaned out, Pete and I cleaned out two full storage units that were packed something like 10 to 14 feet high, and what was it now, a 10 by 10, 10 by 20? Uh, I think they were both 10 by 10s, okay. and they were stacked, uh, yeah, it was nuts, it was... Uh, at least double my height, so at least twelve to who knows how high, because it was it was just yeah nuts. And there were boxes that we couldn't even see them. First of all, I mean, they were they were stacked you know three, four, five deep like that. But there were some that were up so high that we couldn't even see them. And I, if, how did you get them I down? Viv- I vividly remember, vividly remember telling you, I'm okay after hearing boxes fall a few times yes. because they did not hit me. So, yeah, it was just lifting a box and, all right, there's a box a couple feet lower. Let's drop it and then see what happens. And then, oops, I forgot about that one. And, yeah. (laughs) At one point, though, you picked up three or four boxes that were stacked, again, 12, 14 feet high. And you were like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to basically drop these and that's how we'll get them down. And I think halfway through that process, you said, this is a really bad idea. Yeah, that's, that's most of my, that that pretty much sums up my life, though. So, yeah. Pretty pretty accurate. Yep. All right. So we're sitting in our hotel room now. Uh, today was set up for the Columbus Toy Show, uh, which went pretty pretty well. It was very hot. It was crazy, but um, but I wanted to to you know kind of do this and have this discussion and kind of look back that a few days ago at what we did by uh, by clearing out those those um, units. Pete, there was so much stuff. I don't even think, you know, you haven't gotten a chance to look at everything yet, but I don't think we've gotten to really fully understand how much stuff was there. Um, if you had to take a guess now, now that you've brought everything home and you have it stacked somewhere in, in, a, in a large vault, um, how many pieces total do you think you have from that one find? Well, my two-and-a-half car, car garage now uh, fits a tractor. Um, it's... It, I don't piece count. I have no idea. Um, all I know is that you know some of the modern stuff is great. Some of the exclusive, some of the San Diego Comic Con stuff is decent. But I going into this, I didn't really value the pops anywhere near what I guess they're worth. I don't. I just don't get that culture. You had told me you, you had estimated the amount of pops that you thought were in this entire lot. What would you say? Fifteen hundred to easy two thousand pops, and I I just I you could put I think I told you at dinner tonight you can put five pops in front of me one can be a five thousand dollar pop I'll have no idea what it is I'll think they're all five dollars so it's it's just I have no idea about them so it's kind of I very rarely do something without having a knowledge and this is kind of like a yeah I'm just gonna put five hundred dollars on black and see what happens you know it's but just the sheer quantity in this case just kind of made sense. Yeah, and the fact that 
that this gentleman who had kept everything, kept it all in the shipper boxes, and and really, I mean, he, he it looked like he would just open each you know shipper box from Hasbro and from you know wherever else, NECA, and then would just close it back up. Uh, these these pieces, I mean, really, it seems like you're the first person to even touch these pieces. Yeah, that was that's great. <laughs> Because now, now I'm stuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, some of them are really fantastic. Um, are there any that stand out to you? I know you, you haven't gotten a chance to really go through any of it yet, but are there any that over the course of you, you know, bringing this stuff home and, and setting it up in your garage and basement, like anything that stands out? Um, a lot of San Diego Comic-Con stuff. Um, there was a lot of that exclusive stuff that you would see. Um, Can you give us any examples from that? Uh, some Star Wars sets, a lot of, tons of Star Wars Black Series, some of the Star Wars exclusive sets, some of the Marvel Universe, some of the Marvel Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had the Jabba's Palace San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, which was really nice. Beautiful set there. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> that may have been a box you looked at. I don't... Um, Black Series lightsabers that I had no idea were worth anywhere near what they're worth. Um, there was just a lot of those. You said to me, what are these worth, like $20, $30? And I said, yeah. no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. And then I, I checked them, and they're from 200 to 600 a piece. I'm like, oh, that's nice. So yeah, it was there was just a lot of that a lot of that exclusive stuff, a lot of that oddball. I, I was in a shop today, a beautiful shop in, uh, in Cincinnati, looking at some toys. And I saw some of the pieces that I actually got in this collection, and I'm looking at them like, oh, 300, 500, 500, 400. I'm like, geez, I'm like, geez, these things are really, it's gonna, it's gonna really add up once I go through it. So it was, you know, it kind of, looking back, it's a lot of stuff. It's gonna be, take a lot of time, and that's, that's one of the big factors. You gotta factor in your time, um, storage of it, you know, at where you're gonna keep it. Luckily, with the new house, I have a lot of place I can keep it, but it's, the store and it's just the time. I mean, what are you, what are you going to pay yourself? Value? Well, what do you value your time as to see is it really worth the time it's going to take to keep all this? Up until this point, I had two storage units. I was paying almost six hundred dollars a month. I mean, that's for some people that's half a mortgage payment. Um, so it's it adds up, and those are all just expenses. So it's yeah, it's great to buy the stuff, but then you know, there's a lot of things that people don't understand. The overhead, if you have a shop, the the storage, the, the, the time it the takes. The time to sell. The time to sell, and yeah, it just, it's fun to buy. <laughs> Selling, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's funny now, we still, neither of us have any sort of true idea of how many pieces there are. Um, I think you had said before, when we, when we first were going through, that there were a thousand pops. And now we're really, you know, now it's more like a thousand to two thousand because you've gotten a chance to look at it more and to bring more home with you. Um, because, and I don't know if, if I mentioned this, you know, earlier, like when we were, we were doing this part, uh, but um, we couldn't fit everything in the first day. Oh no, that was fun. Yeah, so we couldn't. F- the fact that the the person who's selling it decided to bring a cargo uh, a, a u-haul truck of extra items that she said that she was she had stuff <laughs> she had a, a few car. extra boxes in a car a few extra boxes i'll bring okay no problem but it turned out to be a 10 or 12 foot u-haul truck which was full of stuff um so since when i when i made the offer to purchase it i kind of just in my head guesstimated size wise incorrectly 
wasn't expecting a few extra boxes to be a cargo, a, a U-Haul, a half a U-Haul truck. Um, it did require me to to make a second trip down to get all the items. Yes, and uh, and you barely fit everything in. So I got everything packed. Everything that was in the the, the storage boxes. I got packed into the truck at like 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. It was a 24-hour access. So mm-hmm. after work, I drove all the way down to, to the middle of Jersey to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I got everything in, and then I realized I had like four or five boxes of pops still left over. And, and you I love pops. I think I texted you. I'm like, you I, great. The car's full, <laughs> and this is what I'm like. But in my head, I'm like, I am not making this trip down again. Because I absolutely hate Pops. And I actually called a buddy and saying, you don't know how much it pains me to drive almost two hours to pick up a collection of Pops at 10.30, 11 o'clock at, at night. But I made it work. I took, I took everything out of the, sh- the, the storage boxes. Um, and I literally just made like a brick wall of boxed Pops in the back of the truck. Which is great until you have to then unload it. Packing into the truck is fine. Yes. But then when you're unloading it in the morning after very little sleep, it's just it's not fun. No. And that was, I know for the two of us, I mean, we, we spent a total of six hours that first day bringing everything. And, that and was, I spent another two and a half hours or so, maybe three hours the next day or two days later to go down and get everything and then drive it all back home. So like like I was saying about the time and all. Yeah. So yeah, there, there was about another five to six hours of my day. And then since we're, we're in Ohio now, I literally drove home. I, I drove everything home, unloaded it, drove back to my house to repack the truck for this show just to drive another eight and a half hours out. So yeah. yeah. You're missing one element too because – after you and I packed the U-Haul that you drove back home, I didn't go back with you because you live in New York. So how did you get all of that stuff out of the U-Haul into your house? Uh, I made a little phone call <laughs> that was say basically I texted my <laughs> I texted my parents out of the blue to say, "Hey, guess what? I did something. <laughs> um, do you have some free time tonight?" And luckily, they're they're really good about it. Um, I'm an only child, so it's kind of like I I, I kind of get you know if I if I need something, hey guys, they they're there, so they're they're awesome. They're and I, you know I, I I just hope that when my daughter is my age, that she can have the same feeling that she knows that I'm always there for her no matter what it is. So yeah, I reached out to my my parents. Actually, met me at the house at like nine thirty at night. Um. We unloaded everything out of the 20-foot U-Haul truck. My dad was in the truck just throwing boxes. Now my dad's my dad's 72, so he was up there. He was just throwing me boxes. Uh, Mom was helping stack things. Not necessarily where exactly I wanted them, but it, it, you take what you can get. Exactly. You just, you, yes. You've learned to kind of just deal with it. And, uh, yeah, no, we got it unloaded, and I drove it home. I dro- returned it that night. I got in my car, which— How long did it take you? For, you said you got home 9.30? Uh, I got home. The, the U-Haul was supposed to be back at 6.30. That didn't happen. I think I returned it to the U-Haul at like 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. So with your parents then, it took you like a Another hour? hour and a half to two hours to unload it, okay. yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was a long day. It was a ton of work. Like, we didn't stop working from the time we got there until the time we left. 
we took we took a picture and it was like a sweaty like ready to die picture we drank more water and Gatorade than I think both of us have ever had in our lives combined um, but I lost I lost I, I weighed myself in the morning I lost seven pounds <laughs> and I'm like this is great. I got to do this every day because nothing else is working to lose the weight. So I might as well do this every day. Yeah, I, I guessed because you said to me, you said, I think we're both going to lose a little bit of weight from this. And, and so I, I guessed that it was going to be 12 pounds. Yeah. yeah, seven. yeah. No, I, was, I was actually, I'm like, well, hmm, I should do this every day. <laughs> like, obviously, whatever I'm doing normally is not working. So I'll do this every day. Pants fit better. Six Perfect. hours of work. Yeah. No, but it was it was a massive amount of work. And I think we approached the first storage unit you know when we were we were amped we were ready to you know to go with that and we did a really good job but i think the second one was the shocker have you ever seen the movie goonies <laughs> so I, I i relate what we what we were going through was to chunk when he was down in the cellar and the fratellers were upstairs and he knocked over the he bumped into the water container and he's like i got it i got it i got it Oh, I don't got it. That was basically our day. It was a we got it. We can do this. And then halfway through the day, all of our, all of our esteem, we was done. We, we were yeah, tapped out. There was one point where I went to pick up a box, and my body was like, "Now nah, I'm just gonna wait over here," and my arms just wouldn't wouldn't comply. So, yep, yep. I, I get. I know. <laughs> That's. I felt that. So. So what? Um, so what are your plans now after this trip? What are your plans with this amazing storage find? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I never want to see a toy again. So I, I don't know if I'm ever going to look at what I bought again. Um, I'm, I'm toyed out. Like I, walk around, I was walking around the show today and I'm just like, I just don't, I don't need, I don't want anything. I'm just blah about buying because I have, it's, it's great to buy, but then you know you have this like this daunting task ahead of you of like, okay, you can't walk into your garage now. So your garage is not a garage; it's a toy store. It's a literal toy store. Yeah, and I and I built a house where I have I have two thousand square foot livable upstairs. I have an entire basement with nine and a half foot ceilings, two thousand, but another two thousand square feet, and the attic is a walk-in attic with about six foot, almost six and a half foot ceilings that I can store stuff, and it goes the length of the house. So I have plenty of storage, but now I'm like, I got to get it somewhere, <laughs> and it's right now it's at the garage. So, yeah, that's fun. Okay, well, it's going to be really interesting to see. Would you would you say it's over or under five thousand pieces total? Way over. I, I, I have to assume it's over. I mean, just looking at it, okay. it's got to be over. Are we looking at something close to ten? Ten thousand. I, I would say about ten thousand pieces. Yeah. Easy. Ten ten thousand pieces. My gosh, uh, it's it's going to be a lot. I want to follow up at some point because it's going to be a lot of fun to look through that stuff and to see because there are real gems in there. Um, you mentioned one of the pops before. Yeah. So there was one pop. There was one Stanley pop that I I saw. It fell out of a box. Um, it was in a, it was in a plastic case. I'm like, well, why is this one in a case? So I looked at it, and it was a gold Stanley pop that was signed, um, and it actually signed had, by Stanley, yeah, mm-hmm. by Stanley, and it had a couple stickers on it. I'm like, oh, this is this is weird. I just did a quick search on eBay, um, and current listings there's like two or three that the people are asking like twelve to fifteen hundred a piece. 
sold listings were anywhere from six to a thousand a piece. And I mean, to me, somebody offers me four hundred bucks, I think gone. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care about it. But it's just like, wow, man, I, I didn't realize some of this stuff could be actually that valuable. Looking at it, I'm like, ugh, a pop, a buck, a buck, a buck, yeah. and. Yeah, unfortunately for me, some of them are worth more. It's just you know, and hey, it, I get it. Everybody, everybody collects their own thing, but you know, it's just for for somebody where I am in the hobby, mm-hmm. there's very little learning that I'm still doing. So the fact that I actually have to learn something now and learn from scratch from because you're scratch, yeah. it just it's just not something I'm looking forward to. Yeah. It's like, going, it's like going back to high school and having to take a take a language class. <laughs> and it's like, why, wait a minute, I, I graduated. But brand new language. Why am I doing this? Yeah, brand new. Why do I have to do this? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's... But again, I'm doing it for my benefit, and at the end of the day, it's going to benefit my daughter. So it's... I'll do it for that, but it, it's a matter of... Uh, I just don't... The, I, you, you take it's take like taking a class you don't you have no interest in but you just have to take it because it is what it is and it pays off at the it, end it so. will pay one hundred percent will pay off yeah. and it's but what's nice about it is I have zero attachment to them mm-hmm. so let them fly They're, they'll right. be gone but I just want to make sure I I do it in a way where at least I'm you know I I, I don't just give the stuff away. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you have, you know, if you're looking at something like five to 10,000 pieces or even possibly more, there are going to be some pieces in there, not pops, but just it might be Star Wars stuff. It might be some of the Marvel stuff or, you know, He-Man, whatever it is that you have an attachment to. And you're going to be able to keep them because all this other stuff is going to pay for whatever you decide to keep. Um, logically, yes. In this case, I... I I didn't see a single thing I actually want to keep. Really? I, this it's yeah. not even the literal boxes of like twenty uh, boxed black series sand troopers in a row in one box. <laughs> no. <laughs> or the 2013-2014 orange stripe uh, original release of the uh, the black generally, series. Generally, uh, generally, whenever I buy big collections or something like this, I will I will keep something that reminds me of it. Or, but. You know, it's there wasn't a single thing in there that I really wanted, like for me. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. That means that yeah. everything can go. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just slowly go, but everything can go. Was there because there there was it was mostly a modern, and it seemed like it was the majority of it was from the the previous ten years. You know, the, mm-hmm. the previous decade of collecting, which was some really great stuff. Again, for Star Wars, you're looking at things like the vintage collection, uh, Black Series, and then you had just all the Marvel stuff from the past. 10 to 15 years of the 13 years of Marvel movies. Um, was there anything vintage in there? Nothing. There was nothing that was older, unfortunately. Okay. That would have been nice, but there was nothing. Yeah, I, I think the, the oldest thing that I saw was probably like the Power of the Jedi. Uh, carded figures, which go back to 2001. And, only a co- and so there's only there was only a handful of that. The only thing I did see was some Toy Biz Marvel Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those are cool, but I don't really have an attachment to them, yeah. so they can go. It's cool sometimes seeing like that KB price sticker and some of those those old stores that no longer exist. It's cool seeing some of that stuff on there, um, but. As far as an attachment, like I, I'd be more, I'd be more happy if there was like a KB bag in one of those boxes. I'd be like, 
like, yes, or like a, like a Caldor bag. That, to me, that would make that would make it worth it. I mean, I'm not going to pay what I paid for a Caldor bag, but if that was like in one of the boxes, that would, that would be killer. Yeah, that, 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 that would bonus. be something I'd keep. That would be something I'd keep just because of memories. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I hope you have many more finds like this. Um, I don't know how you do it, and uh, you know, we were talking about it tonight, and I, I think it's because you do so much for so many people. And you care so much about so many people uh, that I think it comes back to you in amazing ways. And this was truly one of the most amazing finds I've I've ever seen. And I'm like you. I don't I don't really. We're at a toy show now, but I don't ever want to see another toy again, yeah. especially <laughs> modern. <laughs> Walking into the show, I'm seeing like boot like people have like an eight foot or ten foot table of a booth of basically things I have in that were there I'm like wow you so you have like an eight foot table I have like a I have a, I have a two car garage I'm like that's great good for you you inherited well, basically like a yeah. modern a modern collection of the most popular toys that are that yeah, have been it, out luckily it's it's stuff that is popular so I can I can definitely move it it's just it was a big collection and it's hey it is what it is you gotta you know the bigger they are the 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 harder they fall, I don't know. The longer it takes to unpack and unload, the more you're stuck with, and yeah, the more heartache. Yeah, but yeah. still, it, it was it was definitely a nice collection. Um, probably one of the the top five, four collections I bought. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely definitely up there as far as quantity. Yes. Cool. Yep. Well, I hope many more come your way, my friend. And looking forward to uh, the Columbus Toy Show tomorrow. Sounds good. Same here. Thank you. Live from the Columbus Toy Show weekend, we are here hanging out in our hotel room on Saturday night, uh, getting ready to get up probably in about four or five hours to to do the show again. <laughs> yes, Pete just realized it is one o'clock in the morning. Um, so uh, my goal was to talk to people at the show, buyers, sellers, vendors, um, shoppers, and just to, to see what their amazing finds have been, especially from Columbus. Uh, but Pete, <laughs> Pete being Pete, had an amazing find on the way to Columbus, which doesn't usually happen. Uh, and it happened at an, a really uh, iconic location, too. So uh, I'm actually holding it in my hand now. Uh, Pete, if you can explain what this furry little guy is uh, that I'm holding and why he, it's so important and where you found it. Uh, well, you're holding a little plush Ewok um, from from Kenner back in '83 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a the initial stages of the Wicket 12 in, uh, 12 inch or, or so plush Ewok that they would release. Um, how, so, how many how many did they originally release? Do you know? I have, uh, for the Ewoks, I'm so that size. Mm-hmm. I think there were four different ones. Um, so yeah, back in '83, Ken- Kenner, which is based out of Cincinnati, um, released these plushy walks, which kids would you know sleep with or cuddle with or play with. But it's just like a little stuffed animal for kids. And so, where did you find this one? 
Uh, so a a very close friend of mine and I, um, we're traveling from Columbus down in Cincinnati to to uh, visit a toy shop um, that's that's in Cincinnati um, that we we try to hit whenever we go because it's quality of merchandise is amazing. Uh, and there's a, there's a antique mall that's across the street from from that shop itself. So uh, it's the uh, Ohio Valley or. or Ohio Antique Mall, or I forget the exact name, but it's it's a it's a huge antique mall. Um, tons of tons of vendors are set up inside. Um, tons of booths, and it's not it's 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 enjoyable to walk through. You never know what you're going to see. And it has a history where people have found certain items from Kenner employees, former Kenner employees. I've heard. I don't know exact detail. I've heard stories in the past of people finding stuff there. Yeah. So I always go in there with the you know I I always go in with the intention of okay. I'm going to look for some type of employee retirement award or, or something that that usually you wouldn't associate with toys, but you'd associate with a company. Like um, IBM, whenever you retired, you'd get a clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so something like that for Kenner, like ten, a 10-year award or a 15 or a 20-year, some type of service award. I always kind of look for that kind of stuff that, mm-hmm. that doesn't scream Star Wars or Care Bears or Shortcake, but just, uh, just kind of says – Kenner name wise and they would um, also do that too like if you worked there for five years you would get something I don't know what, like, like a tie tack or yeah it's or, like a lot of companies do it but some sometimes they're very like throwing it out there this this is where you're working and sometimes they're very discreet so sometimes you can find those items that are discreet because they're just not expecting it. they look like everyday items but turn them over or turn them on the back and you see an engraving or something so i always go whenever i go there i kind of go with the mentality looking for that kind of oddball item Mm -hmm. and you did not find anything like that instead you found this plush wicket yeah i this time i was actually uh, i was walking with my buddy we were looking um i've kind of transitioned and i want to start collecting more uh, vintage sports related stuff um, I've been doing a lot of sports cards So I was actually looking for Old books or magazines with Characters like Ted Williams And Mantle and Maze and, and Maris Stuff like that I was looking for That was my goal was to find that kind of stuff And found a couple cool little items um, And then My buddy Jay was looking at A bunch of cards So I was like alright I'm just going to take a walk in this other section And I started walking and and I, I, you know, looking booth after booth and didn't really see much. And then all of a sudden I came up on a booth and zero, virtually zero toys in the booth. Um, there was a plush Big Bird and a plush Ewok on the table. Um, and the Ewok looked pretty pretty well loved, I guess we could say. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like in the box. It wasn't like that. It was just a loose Ewok. Uh, but something about it just kind of like, I don't know, just stood out to me. It was like... What's what's up with that? Yeah, it's a little it's a little different. Um, it's it's fur is a little matted. It's um, there are a number of things that if you've ever seen any of these Ewoks before, um, they don't really. This one seems to stand out as something different, and so it's fur is a little matted. Um, the fur which is common. I mean, which is common if 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 they're washed or if they're just well played with. Um, yeah, so the fur, the fur being matted wasn't really no, no, that, that much of an start. issue. It was just the the color of the fur was was first. The color, the color was different. Um, it was like a blonde. Yeah, it's 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 not a color that you'd associate I, with Wicked. I like my blondes. We we've talked about that 
tonight during dinner. So <laughs> Pete likes his blondes, and I like my brunettes. That's the way it goes. Um, so, and then there was something re- really interesting about this one. Um, <laughs> no, no, he, he had no eyes or nose. It was it was weird. It was so there was no eyes, there was no nose, um, and I was trying to determine if if it was just really well worn where they came off. Um, but there was also there was no tags on the back um, where generally there's going to be a tag that says Kenner or or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, there there was zero tags in the back which would have said. Um, where it was made or whatnot, so that was kind of odd. So I was I was looking to see if it was ripped out, if it was uh, if it was just uh, you know somebody pulled it out, if the uh, if the eyes or the nose were torn out, and I couldn't see any like noticeable holes where they were missing. And and it's it's a little freaky looking because um, it has what looks to be a mouth. There is no it, nose, and in, in place of the eyes, it's almost just it almost looks like a it, it's like a black strip. Of fur across the eyes, like where it almost looks like it's been painted or spray painted black. Yeah, well, well, the the eyes. So there would have been there would have been eyes, and I guess those would have been the the eyebrows or the unibrow, mm-hmm. if you want to call it. But without eyes or well, nose, it does look a little weird. It, yeah. yeah, it looks very very strange. Uh, and then, so so when you started looking at this and you noticed that it was somewhat I different. I, so I didn't know what it was, and I, I called some. I called a buddy uh, who. Is very very close friends with for years and years and years, um, and I was I sent him pictures and we were going through it and we were bouncing back ideas that okay it's this one but no maybe, maybe it's not maybe somebody bleached it well why would this be like this and we for a good ten minutes I'm sitting there holding this item and the price wasn't very expensive but the fact that we were going so long debating this thing I mean it just shows you how. How old, old school and stingy we are! Um, that it's just like uh, I really don't want to spend this amount if if it's and again it wasn't much money if it, if it was if it you know if it's just a regular item um, and my mindset was this is weird I I found this item the colors don't look right we're in where it's it has no eyes no nose no tags oh and guess and the kicker that we're in Cincinnati where Kenner was do you think and my, my buddy was like I, I understand what you're saying I, I've been there before I get that mindset you know when you're in that 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 atmosphere of being that close to where Kenner headquarters was he's like you you think anything's possible he's like so he he was very um I don't say negative about it but he was very like I just don't know if that's what it's going to be, mm-hmm. but we both agreed at the price it was. There's no brainer, just buy it and deal. So it was never a, you shouldn't buy it. It was a it was a definitely buy it, but it was like ah, just don't get your hopes up kind of thing. Well, and you you mentioned this earlier. You had made an astute observation at this point too, where um, yes, the the fur is a little matted, which you see a lot of times if they're well loved and if they're washed. But there was something that you noticed that. To me, only a, a longtime collector would have thought of. So I just, I mean, very simple. I looked under the arms and where, so yeah, it, the, the fur is a little matted. Um, if it was washed, and the, the way the, the fur is on it, or the, the material is, if you wash it and you throw it in the dryer, it's going gonna, it's gonna to mat up like that. But I noticed that under, if you raise the arms on it, underneath the arms, it looks perfect. So to me, it was, and, and I looked all around trying to see if there's any variance where it could have been bleached, it could have been this, it could have been that, 
And I didn't see any areas that were a predominant color where it, it varied from the rest. It was pretty unique the entire way. And again, under the arms, it was almost perfect. So, okay, at that point, it, I, I didn't think it was bleached. Um, you know, the ears themselves, the ears were white, um, which is not common on those. But What the, color are the ears usually? Like a, brown? uh, a brownish or a grayish color, mm-hmm. uh, which, yes, you know, if they were bleached, I get it. It could, it could be that color. But if, if it was thrown in bleach, and a bleach, if you threw it in a bleach, it probably would have some type of effect on the fur as we see. Mm-hmm. But the hands and the feet then, the, the, the other colors were just too uniform. With the bleach itself, you're not going to get those kind of, you're going to get, you're gonna get almost like the furs on this. You're gonna have slight, slight different, different, different color patterns to mm-hmm. it, and it was just too uniform. Where the hands are tan, the ears are bright white. It's not. It doesn't make sense. It just. It was too many, too many things that just didn't add up. And it's not like the tag has been ripped off because if you look on the back of the the, uh, the stuffed animal, um, if the tag was ripped off or if it was cut off, you would have seen a little slight bit of it where it was originally attached. There, there would be something there. And, uh, and later on in, in the day, I, a friend reached out, um, and he actually mentioned something to me about the... He, he had a similar item, and the item he had itself, he's like, feel down the spine of it. He, and I, I felt, and I'm like, oh, that's where it was sewed. He's like, yeah, he's like, that's where it was hand-sewed. So you can almost feel the hand-sewing down the middle of the back. Yeah. Of it. So it's it was... It was definitely not a item that was a, a mass-produced kind of like in a factory. It was just so. What are what am I holding? What are we looking at? Now? So what this has been, and and you know throughout the day, I, I texted a few a few fellow collectors who are very knowledgeable, um, and I sent pictures to a, a good friend. And as I was typing, he immediately called me to confirm that it actually matched perfectly to three examples that they. Him, him and his brother. This was a separate friend. Separate friend. Him and his brother have, um, which were soft good examples that they got from Kenner. So basically, what that would be was soft good. It would be a pre-production item. Uh, it was a it was a sample of of an item that was going to be produced, uh, probably done in house. Um, they probably had the skins of, or well, in this case, being a plush. They had the they had the uh, the outside of it, which was then filled. And passed around in the office in in, in headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, hand sewed. And hand sewed in the back. It was probably done in house. Um, to say this is what it's going to look like. What do we think? Any changes? Any alterations? What you know? Any any critiques that we want to do? So that's why there would be no eyes on it. There'd be no nose because those probably would have been a add on later on. Mm-hmm. Um, at this stage, though, they were just going with size shape. Um, the overall type. silhouette. The overall silhouette, fur type, uh, and then going from there. So, basically, <laughs> on the way to the Columbus Toy Show, stopping off at Cincinnati, Pete found a Kenner prototype of uh, an original Ewoks Wicked doll. Yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely, being old school, I absolutely hate today's lingo. And I guess you can actually say that I had a wild find <laughs> because nowadays everybody says they found things in the wild. Yes. And for us older guys, it's like, oh, my God, just just shut it. <laughs> but it's this one technically, yeah. I mean, yeah, this was an antique center, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, it was definitely a cool find. I mean, it's not, 
you know, I would have much rather had like a unproduced action figure or something like that. Sure. But hey, you, beggars can't be choosers. You take what you can get, mm-hmm. and I'm more than more than satisfied, more than happy with what I found. Yeah, and when it comes to you know vintage pieces like this, I mean, they really they don't turn up in places like that as often as we we think that they would. Maybe 10, 20 years ago, absolutely, they, they would have been all probably multiple places in there. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, with so many people hunting and so many people trying looking, yeah, it's it's just odd that walking through. That's what I picked up, and it, it was more. It's it's honestly it, to me, it's more comical than than than. Oh yeah, I really, I really nailed it. Yeah, no, I, I stepped in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's comical. At least I knew to look for variations mm-hmm. in a product we all know mm-hmm. um and not to just assume you know i i literally had the knowledge of saying okay something's up here and, que- and question what i'm seeing yeah um but yeah it was there was no it was just uh, luck of the draw there was no you calling. also though you have an understanding of what to look for and you also have a really good resource base of friends who've been doing this who have some of these pieces who know this stuff well, that's that's the inner circle. Oh, don't even start. It's awful. No, we're not. <laughs> we don't talk about the inner circle. <laughs> so thank you, inner circle. Yes. Well, again, it, it's it's always good to have people around you, and including yourself, who've who, who've who've uh, gone through a lot and who, who have seen a lot and. Mm-hmm. Who've done who've done the research and haven't just read a couple things and saw a post here and there and think they're experts. People who've actually put the time in and and produced the the reference points that everybody who is newly entering the hobby are using as their information. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all this information came from certain people and being around those people and to to some extent being part of that group. It has its benefits. And you were able to speak to two friends who not only knew of this stuff, but actually had similar examples where they, where they were able to say, yes, this is legitimate because I have this piece and I got this from this source and I know that, that it's real. You know, I, I know it's, or I, I spoke to a former employee and it was used specifically for this, for this reason. Yeah, 100%. You know, and, that, and that's one good thing about, about the community itself is, you know, Having those connections where you can verify things with each other and help each other out and confirm because no one person knows everything mm-hmm. and nobody not no no one person knows what everybody has and you know when when you can lean on your your friends and, and your contacts and and you can confirm and, and verify and and whatnot it really it it just it just helps when you're trying to determine what you have and what you got and go from there and it just and it's a friendship that just builds and you just you know it's, these these are friends that. I've had for years, and you, you help them out with stuff that you know they're collecting. They help you out when you they you need help. So it's just that's how it works. And you wind up with a you wind up with a, with a plush, plush Ewok, Ewok prototype, that, sure. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I was walking around. It was funny. I was walking around the the um, antique mall with it, and I don't know if you've ever been in some of the larger antique malls. They have employees that walk around, and and when they see you carrying something, they they ask you to take it. They they want to take it up to the front for you. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't let them take it up to the front. I'm like, no, no, I got it, I got it. So now I'm there walking around this antique mall carrying a plush little Ewok in my hand like it's a little baby. And, you know, cute girl walks by and I'm kind of 
kind of smile, and then I look down what I'm holding. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's I, I wouldn't I, I just in case anybody who worked there or anything like that, I was like, nope, I'm gonna carry it until I buy it. That mm-hmm. was my. Yeah, no. When you find something like this, you hold on you to hold it. Hold on to it. Absolutely. So, but it all worked out. It was it was good. It was it was a good day. It was a good good uh, purchase. I didn't really find anything at the show today I wanted, but it was always tomorrow. Absolutely. And we've seen it. And that's one of the, the really cool things about a show like Columbus is you may you may stay for the entire setup on Saturday and then you show up on, on Sunday and someone comes in with, you know, a whole new bag of stuff. Or a vendor who had set up on Saturday night, maybe sold stuff, decided to, you know, to go back. Bring home more bring- or they forgot a box or a bag or their buddy is coming with him with his stuff and yeah you never know what you're going to find yeah we've seen we've seen prototypes we've seen original art we've seen vintage and modern pieces that are incredibly rare you know show up and so hopefully some of that shows up tomorrow yeah no i mean and and hearing some conversations a buddy of mine was talking to a lady and turns out she has she's she's been collecting for years and years and she's looking to sell some of if not all of her collection and it's a lot of uh a lot of prototypes for Care Bears and Strawberry Shortcake stuff. So good for him. He's working that, and hopefully it works out for him. But, yeah, it's you never know what you're going to walk into. Awesome. All right, well, we will be doing that in, uh, gosh, less than five hours we'll be waking up. So here we go. Here's to another adventure and another hunt. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, don't take my Ewok in your bed, please. <laughs> All right. Good night from Columbus. Good night. The weekend turned out to be a great one. Toy shows can be tricky places to hang out with friends at times, because people are always going in different directions. But Pete and I were able to catch up on life during a long and much-needed dinner after setup on Saturday. And for each of us, the past few weeks have been a little hectic, so it was nice to end the night with a meal away from the bustle of a toy show. This past year, Pete started a new job as a financial advisor at Edward Jones. He is one of the hardest working people I know, and what he has done in his career so far has been really inspiring. So if you're looking for specific toys or would like financial guidance for your future so you could buy all the toys your heart desires, feel free to reach out to him. He's Peter LaRose on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and I know he will do everything he can to make your life your collection, and your finances a little richer. Thank you so much for making Star Wars, Prototypes and Production, part of your weekly podcast listening experience. This episode was a meaningful one to me because it captured a week immersed in toys and collectibles. From Pete's amazing storage find to the trip out to Columbus for my first Ohio show in almost two years, I will always remember these past few days as being exciting, exhausting, and exhilarating. Oh, and hot. Painfully hot. But that's what happens when you hunt for toys in August. And we're just getting started on the Amazing Find series. In fact, while I was out in Ohio, I recorded some conversations with some fellow collectors about some of their finds over the years and at the show. So stay tuned, because there are some really good episodes on the way. 
If you enjoy these episodes and stories, please subscribe or follow the show on your preferred podcast platform. It's free to do so, and this way you'll know as soon as the next episode drops. And if you like the podcast, please share it with a friend, and please leave a review. These reviews not only help to give listeners an idea of what the podcast is like, but it also serves as a good indicator as to whether it would be worth their time as well. And on top of that, it also helps algorithm-based platforms to recommend prototypes and production to people interested in finding new audio shows. I'll leave you with one last thing. After Pete returned home with his storage unit hall, he posted some photos and a note about the day. One of his relatives commented on how his family was blessed with a strong work ethic and how it was evident in him as well. Pete later replied, praising his grandfather and his parents. He said, They raised me with a mentality that once you have a family of your own, you stop living for yourself and you start living for your kids. So everything I do is driven by the mindset that everything is for my daughter, Audrey. Find people in your life who value others, who care about others, and celebrate them. Encourage them however you can and let them know that what they are doing with their lives is meaningful and is valued. These are the types of friends and loved ones who make a difference and make all of our lives a little brighter. And make sure to reciprocate that kindness with kindness. You'll never regret it. Here's to you, Pete, and to many more adventures for all of us.